You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey coaches, welcome back to another episode of Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. The last episode was all about your solo game, which was modeling in a classroom. But this episode is about making coaching a team sport, um, teaching with a partner. And we are talking about co-teaching in classrooms. Uh, Co-teaching was one of the things that used to freak me out the most whenever I was a new coach. And so I am going to give you a before, during, after approach that is going to make co-teaching work for you, for your teacher, and it's going to keep you from having nightmares. Um, Adding a teacher into the mix of teaching can be super stressful, especially whenever it's a classroom full of kids that you haven't worked with yet. Um, But even if it's not, whenever co-teaching was introduced to me, I was a classroom teacher and we had, um, in the city where I live in, El Paso, Texas, we have a large population of what um, I learned from Sarah Plumitalo refers to as emerging multilingual students. And so we have a large um, proportion of bilingual classrooms in our schools, which focus on teaching Spanish and English. And I was a monolingual classroom teacher. I taught only in English. And so there was a plan put in place, and it was, it was a good idea, um, was to pair up bilingual classrooms and monolingual classrooms with with each other to teach one subject area uh, for one lesson every week. And um, so we usually would, we did it in science. And so we would do like a hands-on lab experience because that was a great way for our kids to communicate with each other and start to grow their language together. And so we would put um, in each group, we had bilingual students and monolingual students, and that was really exciting. Um, But here's the thing, it was meant to be a co-taught lesson, and um, so we would have our plan for what lesson we were going to do, what lab we were going to do, and then I would lead it, and the other teacher would um, sit in a group and work with her kids, and uh, it was kind of like, why did we have two teachers in here? (laughs) So it's because we weren't planning together. Everybody needs to know what everybody's job is, and everybody needs to know what's happening in that lesson every step of the way. And I was such um, an independent sort of planner that I was planning the lesson and sharing it with the teacher, but we really weren't planning together. So we didn't have our roles defined. So that one was on me. Um, So I'm going to give you a before, during, and after approach for you to plan and uh, be super prepared to co-teach with a classroom teacher. And then at the end, there's going to be in the link in the show notes, there's going to be a link for a um, free download for you that is a co-teaching checklist. So if you didn't get the modeling checklist from last week, you're going to want to go to those show notes and download it. This week, I've got a co-teaching checklist for you that is from my book of plans and lists for instructional coaches. So I totally recommend that you get it because it's going to help keep you focused and organized and it's going to take a lot of the stress away from planning for co-teaching. So here we go before and during and after co-teaching how to make it work. Before you want to plan for a lot of things side by side with your cooperating teacher. So here we go. You're going to plan for your learning target. You need to be focused on a standard or a component of a standard. And I usually use the student will uh, sentence starters because the idea is that it's going to show what the student will be able to do by the end of the lesson in relation to the standard. So by the end of this lesson, what do we want our kids to be able to do? The student will make a connection with a literary text using background knowledge. 
and explain why it's relevant. The student will uh, use context clues to make an inference about the meaning of an unknown word. We want to be really explicit. I know it can seem lengthy, but the idea is whether you use them with your students or not, that's kind of an instructional practice that's questionable for some and, and an understood given for others. But the idea is that we as teachers need to know where they're headed, especially if you are planning in conjunction with another teacher. So I definitely re recommend having a really focused learning target so you can plan around that a very specific and focused lesson if you're co-teaching. You are also going to plan your materials, plan for what students need. You need to know if you need to bring in additional resources or if the teacher already has the kids um, resources available to them during that lesson. You also want to plan for behavior. And if you want a really easy way to roll out a behavior plan in classrooms that don't have one, I shared it in the modeling episode that I gave last week. So the idea is that you're stating some really explicit, explicit, basic behavior expectations that kids are going to be um, able to follow because they will know what they look like. And if there's no behavior plan in place, you are going to tear your hair out while you are co-teaching in that classroom because you're going to feel like you are spinning your wheels. And guess what? You will be spinning your wheels because when behavior is managed in such a way that there's no management at all and kids don't have any sense of what their own behavior expectations should look like, Co-teaching is a nightmare, so you definitely don't want that ha to happen. Um, so make sure you have some behavior expectations in place. If the teacher has a plan, awesome. If she doesn't, go with my simple plan that I shared in the modeling episode. Then you want to plan for what each teacher will do. And that can look like different things depending on the lesson that you are teaching. So here are a few sample roles that I have used with teachers, but you can come up with anything as long as both of you understand exactly what your job is going to be. So sample, sample roles for teacher A and teacher B include. If teacher A is leading the discussion, teacher B could be building an anchor chart. If teacher A is reading the book aloud or a book aloud, teacher B could be asking clarification questions. If teacher A is modeling the strategy, teacher B could try it out in a different problem. Or if teacher A asks some questions, teacher B could model how to figure out the answer. You could also have teacher A model one type of problem or one type of a strategy for accomplishing something, and then teacher B could model a different type of strategy for accomplishing that same thing so kids can see that they have different options. For example, here's a really fun um, co-teaching lesson that my co-teacher and I did years ago. I was a, um, a classroom teacher with uh, a high population of students in the special ed program. And so we had, I had a co-teacher for a few days a week. And one of the lessons that we modeled was how to monitor comprehension. So we wanted to make it really clear that we were getting evidence from the text and then something was happening in our brains. And so the way that we modeled this lesson is we each had, we had a mentor text for a read aloud, and then we each had a little popsicle stick. And my stick had an icon of a book on it and it said book and her stick had a thought bubble on it and it said brain. So I would read a piece of the text and then Miss Gallegos and I would hold up my little book popsicle stick and then Miss Gallegos would react to it somehow with her brain popsicle stick and say, this is what's happening in my brain as Miss Beltran read that part of the text. And then again, I would read another piece of the text 
I would pause and then she would hold up her little stick and react to that text using a sentence starter for a comprehension strategy. Then halfway through the book, we switched so kids could see different kinds of reading and thinking styles. It was really supportive of my co-teacher who has was a little bit unfamiliar with teaching whole group lessons. And it was also really supportive of the kids because they got a visual of what was happening in book versus brain kinds of thinking. So whenever you're planning for this kind of a lesson with your co-teacher, you want to be super explicit. I recommend using a three-columned chart. In the first column, you're going to state what is happening in the lesson. For example, maybe you're going to say, read aloud uh, Chicken Sunday by Patricia Polacco. In the second column, it's going to document what teacher A is going to do. So maybe you're going to read the text and pause at appropriate points. Maybe you've got your points marked with post-its where you want to pause. The third column is what teacher B is doing. They may be applying the strategy aloud, doing a think aloud that applies a strategy at those strategic points. Before you deliver your lesson, each teacher needs a copy of the lesson plan. And you want to have the questions answered before you deliver the lesson, each teacher needs a copy of the lesson plan to make sure that you're both completely familiar with what you're going to do during that lesson. And here are a few questions that you want to make sure that you answer before you actually start your co-teaching lesson. Who will make the copies and who will make needed materials? For example, our popsicle sticks. Not a big deal, but who was going to do it? We needed to make sure we had that assigned. Who will provide the needed supplies? If we need paper, if we need scissors, do I need to bring those in or are those already easily accessible in your classroom? Who will hand out or collect materials? You don't want the teacher to feel like she's your secretary, but you want to know that who's going to be responsible for getting things to kids whenever they need them. Where do students keep their materials? If you're going to use reader's notebooks, for example, are those in student desks or do they need to be be handed out at the beginning of the lesson? Who will introduce behavior expectations? Um, Will the teacher introduce those or will you introduce those? Is there a behavior expectation plan already in place? And who will monitor behavior? If it's a plan that you are introducing, most likely you will initiate that and the teacher will support it. If it's a plan that's in place in the teacher's classroom, she or he will probably initiate that or remind students of that and then you you can support it as needed. But you want to have that conversation with the teacher to be sure. You also want to plan for what students will do. What will they actually produce? It's important that students produce something that demonstrates whether they have reached that learning target or not, because you want to have something that you can talk about with the teacher later on. There are a couple different options to do this, and these are not appropriate for all grades, of course. You would have to choose something that is grade appropriate. So you may have a writing sample. You may have a try it on a post-it where a student tries out a strategy or responds to a question on a post-it, a sticky note. You might have a notebook entry in a reader's notebook, a writer's notebook, a math notebook. They may complete a graphic organizer. They may use a speaking, a sentence starter to actually create a a verbal response, in which case you won't be able to document all of that, but you may be able to document a few of those during the lesson on an anchor chart, for example. They might be working on a component of a larger project, and then you would be able to analyze their progress towards that project, project. And they might also complete some sort of a handout. It might be multiple choice. It might be open-ended. But you want something to show how students are progressing towards the learning target. So when you debrief, you have something specific to talk about and not just your general impressions. Our impressions are different, but student evidence will show us what's really happening. 
during the lesson, these are a few things that you want to keep in mind. You want to follow your plan. Don't veer from the plan because that's really stressful if the teacher is invested in that plan and they know what their responsibility is going to be at any point in the lesson. If you veer from the plan, they won't know. You want to think aloud. I introduced this in the modeling lesson, but this is so important. Um, And I think it really is impactful in your coaching. Thinking aloud during your lesson is something that we automatically do with students. But what I'm talking about now is thinking aloud so that the teacher can understand your decision-making process. So if you are responsible for conducting a piece of the lesson, you want to slow your thinking down in your brain enough to where you can express it verbally to the teacher. You want to say things like, I'm noticing blank, so I'm going to blank because blank. So you can say something like, I'm noticing that many of the kids were struggling and making a connection that was beyond a personal connection. I'm not seeing a text-to-text connection, and I'm not seeing a text-to-world connection here. So I am going to model a text-to-text connection and give them an opportunity to try that with a partner because I don't see that they've mastered that skill yet. Then I'm going to model a text-to-world connection and give them an opportunity to try that as well um, because I believe they need explicit practice in this specific type of connection. If you can slow your thinking down in that way for the teacher, then they can actually internalize those thought processes and start applying some of that decision-making to their own teaching because that's the nitty-gritty of teaching, right? It's not what resources we use, what we hand out, when we collect things. The point is what's going on in that teacher's brain as a result of what's going on in those kids' brains. And we want to spell that out for teachers because it's invisible. So that's my best tip. And that actually comes from Diane Sweeney's uh, Student-Centered Coaching, The Moves book. And I totally recommend that. It's a great read. It's very actionable and purposeful. Um, After your lesson, you are going to want to debrief. And if you haven't listened to Nicole uh, Turner's episode on this podcast, I really recommend it. It's all about how to provide feedback to your teachers. And we want to make sure that our teachers are getting a feedback that is going to move the needle on their teaching, but is also respectful and it's not going to tick anybody off. Because once you tick people off, they're going to slam the door in your face every time. So we want to make sure that we are respectful while actually pushing gently and moving teachers towards growth. So anyway, um, debriefing tips. You're going to have a conversation. And there are a couple of questions that you can ask to get this conversation initiated. You can ask, how did it feel to teach together as in a part of a co-taught lesson? What went smoothly for us? What can we do differently to address logistical issues that we had as a co-teaching pair? How did students do in relation to the learning target? You also want to review student work together because that is going to be the real evidence of what happened in that lesson. And questions you can ask as you're reviewing student work together might be, what criteria are we looking for? How are students performing in relation to the learning target? And how do we know? What is the next thing students can add to their toolbox to move towards the target? What next steps are needed for our students? And what is our plan for our coaching work together? What are our next steps? So those are my three big chunks of learning about co-teaching. Before, during, and after, you want to plan, plan, plan. You want to follow your plan and you want to debrief whenever you are working with a teacher in co-teaching specifically. It can be really fun and really rewarding if you can move beyond the stress of logistics and personality and being in a classroom that isn't your own. It's a great way to get your feet back into teaching if you really miss it, which don't we miss it? I miss it all the time. And it's also really 
really important way to support teachers because they will see real learning happening and it's going to include them and their kids. Teachers appreciate it. It's high impact. You're putting yourself out there so they they appreciate you doing that. So here are your next steps. This is what I want you to do. Three things. One, you're going to identify a friendly teacher and a lesson that would work well for co-teaching. You are going to ask if you can try this process out with them. They'd be helping you out. You're saying, hey, I really want to try out something different. It's a new approach that I'm going to initiate. Would you help me out? I would love to co-teach with you. I feel like I could learn so much from you. And then you're going to download the checklist for co-teaching at the link in the show notes. Definitely check out that those show notes. Um, it's going to give you a summary of this. And it's also going to give you the link to that co-teaching download um, because I think it's really going to help you out. My next episode is all about planning collaboratively with teachers, whether it's a group or individual teachers. And I'm going to teach you how to do it effectively so nobody says, I still don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow when they leave your session because that's what happened to me during my first collaborative PLC and it was not a good feeling. So um, happy coaching and uh, try out co-teaching. I'm excited to hear how it goes for you. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.